Hello, and welcome to the Block Explorer. I'm Colin Brightfield. Hey, folks, I'm Cash Upton. The Block Explorer is here to educate and inspire you about the world of crypto and NFTs. We'll do deep dives into critical concepts for understanding what's happening and discuss the current events shaping the space. We're making this podcast for the curious, the free thinkers, and the change makers that propel us forward. As we embark on our adventures, remember that none of this is financial advice and crypto can be risky. In this episode, we explore the Coffee Carbon Collective with Darina, and we learn all about how refi can also be applied to coffee. And this is also one of Cash's favorite subjects. He loves coffee, so I'm sure he had a great time. What did you learn about this project, Cash? Yeah, it was just really, really great to see Darina, who's been in the coffee space for years now, uh, really embracing Web3 technology and um MRV decentralized, you know, measurement recording verification tools to make sure that coffee is grown responsibly for the environment and also the social impact on farmers. And it was just really great to know that, uh, you know, there's someone in the space that's pushing really hard to uh, make for more equitable and direct uh, partnership with with coffee farmers. Yeah, I was impressed with Darina and her ability to explain refi and her ability to see the high level and what's going on in the space and to see the trends. And she mentioned you know, some insights about impact NFTs. And then she can also dive deep into explain exactly how is carbon going to be sequestered on coffee farms. And she knows the ins and outs of regenerative agriculture when it, or, or forest agriculture and, all these, and the ins and outs of how coffee can be grown. So she's been in the coffee world for a long time. So she has the expertise and kind of to bridge these worlds. And it was just fascinating to finally talk to someone that could connect all the dots for us in in such a bright, cohesive way. Yeah, and she wasn't pushing something that that doesn't exist yet. She's saying, hey, we're building it. it it's still in the process, but it, it's going to be happening. And, and they're really taking the time to, you know, figure out how to accurately measure and record and verify carbon sequestration uh, on the ground. And it's it's exciting to know that it's 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 being developed. Yeah. So you just defined it MRV. We talk about that a few times in the episode. So if you're not familiar, MRV is measure, record, and verify, or as she put cash, monitor, record, and verify. So I, I think there might be a little like battle of like what is it actually? You know, is it? But she's from Berlin, so maybe it's just that's just the, the the Berlin version is monitor. But either way, it's cool to see how those tools can be applied. So if you know if we're going to invest in sequestering carbon, how I'm going to know that these farmers are actually making a difference, right? We'd love to just take their word for it. But the whole point of like blockchain and Web3 is to create these trustless networks. So you can have farmers that are working all over the world, working towards aligned incentives, and they don't have to know each other. They don't have to have any uh, trust built into the built into their relationships, although we'd like for them to trust each other. Of course, we want to build this community, but it's not really necessary for the system to work. And that's what's amazing with all these kind of new systems is that they can align incentives with people all around the world towards a common goal. And they don't necessarily need to know each other personally. So let's dive in. Hi, Darina. Thank you for coming on the Block Explorer today. Hi, guys. Uh, thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> We're so happy to have you. And we want to start with some background. So you've jumped into the world of Web3. I want to know, how how did you get into the blockchain crypto world? And how did you end up working on your current project, the Coffee Carbon Collective? 
Yeah, uh, thanks for the question. So it's a little bit longer story, and it starts from Web2. <laughs> Because, uh, yeah, I'm running a company called Agriviero AI, and uh, we analyze quality of green coffee. Uh, so when coffee is traded between parties, they need to uh, look at the quality, physical quality of beans, sizes, colors, and uh, defects. And basically, uh, um, you know, that influences the price and their agreements a lot. And uh, that's what I'm doing also in parallel. And uh, it's a technology that will change the way trade and coffee works. Uh, but as I started to, you know, as we started to get into the market and uh, onboarding the first customers, I realized that this technology is really important and it creates a social impact for producers, but it does not create sort of direct uh, climate impact. And initially, that was none, one of my uh, intentions personally to work on something that also helps to um, combat the climate change. And at the beginning of this year, I started to dig deeper in the Web3 or in particular ReFi space um, and trying to understand what are the tools, what are the you know, projects that are there that I could use to help coffee farmers actually to prepare for the years to come and uh, reduce their carbon, uh, their climate risk. Yeah. That's really cool. And I bet there's uh, some tools that the blockchain can offer to include climate into the quality uh, metrics and stuff. Absolutely. This is and so the, what... Mm -hmm. And, and so what got you to the Web3 portion, just, um, you know, interestingly enough? Yeah, I think uh, I started to, like, I, as I, in the last years, I learned how trade operates. Farmers, producers, they don't have uh, any negotiation power on the market. And especially when we speak about commodity markets, not specialty. And, uh, that basically means that we've been separated from each other and they were never able to represent themselves as a whole community of coffee growers worldwide. And that was my initial intention to build, well, basically a DAO where they can, uh, you know, represent themselves as a big, one big entity uh, and make decisions that help them to uh, to grow and be sustainable, financially sustainable as well um, in the future. That's that's cool. I like the the DAO uh, method. Um, how 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 is that? Um, has it been like? Is that what the Coffee Carbon Collective is is aiming to do? Then is is tie farmers together? It's uh, one of the goals. But I would not say it's also like it's the one that has to be implemented uh, straight away. I guess for me, the core of uh, Coffee Carbon Collective is to find a business case to connect uh, current coffee trade with carbon markets and on all these unite farmers together. So this is this is the mission. That's awesome. So there's kind of like two two parts of it. There's the coordination aspect of bringing these farmers together. And as you know, if they're more united, they can work towards these common goals. And so 
that's something that Web3 crypto is, is great at solving, is bringing people around shared incentives. And then there's the, the other additional incentive of the, the carbon markets and creating coffee that's uh, carbon negative. So can you tell us a little bit more about your view of refi? How did you get into the, the refi element? When did you first hear of refi? Mm-hmm. So I was uh, sort of supporting and an NFT project at the beginning of a year that aimed to offset uh, carbon emissions from you know NFT collections and basically release the product around it. And uh, it didn't work for different reasons, uh, which is also good because it's always an experience. But that's the time when I got into refi community and it was it was just starting to form. So now we have the refi DAO and we have certain you know people who uh, try to bring us all together and uh, create a space where we can all grow and learn and build uh, you know sensible things with meaning and uh, with goals to, you know, to fight climate change. Uh, but at that time, it was still forming. And there were a few events where I joined. And, uh, for instance, I was in um, Hackathon uh, that uh, Steph was running on uh, ReFiDAO and got connected to many people working with regenerative agriculture, agroforestry, and was, to be honest, my eyes opened at that moment. I was like, yes, this is what I really want to do because it makes total sense. You know, coffee farms are there already and uh, they just have to, you know, transition to a new way of doing things to make an enormous contribution to, uh, to fighting climate change and saving carbon. That's awesome. We we love that. And we we love Seb. We had him on the show recently and he's oh. building the the impact app. Um so I just want to dig a little deeper into that moment where the light bulb went off for you and you were said, Oh, this is it. Refi connecting that to your coffee your coffee project. What exactly really spoke to you there and, and what was that moment like and how did you connect those dots? It, that's a good question. So maybe let's split it into what refi, what two parts of refi actually are. First is let's say crypto web free, and the second one is uh, climate regeneration, etc. So okay, climate regeneration clear. Yeah, I wanna that we have to work on it. This is, and I think agriculture can make a massive impact or the way we do things in agriculture can make a massive impact, especially with those perennial crops like coffee is, um, that stays there, um, that is that benefits from being grown in a diverse system. You know, with so many benefits of switching to agroforestry for coffee, uh, that's just like a no-brainer. Um, also for farmers' livelihood. Um, and about Web3, I think it's more about uh, uh, the whole market situation, really. So at the moment, we have new colonialism in coffee and other soft commodities. And uh, 
what it means is that there are like a bunch of people, a few big, big, big traders who trade most of the volume uh, of the you know commodity, and um, they hold the prices. They don't allow farmers to get the knowledge. They don't allow the industry to really develop in a way, and uh, they 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 are just sort of gatekeepers. And uh, you know, moving forward, I think decentralization is the the way to go because in coffee we have to bridge we have to build a bridge between producers and end consumers. What is in the middle should serve both of those, let's say, target groups. Um, and that's kind of my idea that, or my feeling that in the new world, we will have more trust to each other, <laughs> or I would love to have more trust to each other and actually build the communities that can make decisions on their own without having people in the middle who stand in the middle and make those decisions. Yes. Yeah. You're speaking the Web3 crypto gospel there. We believe in decentralization. And so it sounds like the, the coffee industry, I didn't, I didn't really know this because I'm not a huge coffee person, but I didn't realize how centralized uh, the coffee industry is. And so when you look at just said at different things around the world, the, the things that are highly centralized are really ripe for disruption when it comes to blockchain and Web3. So it just makes sense that this is also another area where we can really help by applying this new technology. So um, you mentioned, you know, the actual carbon um, aspect of coffee. So what is it? What are the tools? You said the um, reforestate or forest agriculture with coffee. So what are some of the other ways that you can measure the carbon that you can sequester with these regenerative agriculture practices? And what tools are you using to make that happen? So at the moment, I'm still at the beginning of the journey and uh, I'm learning how the transition from monoculture farms is done towards agroforestry systems, yeah? So just to talk a little bit about benefits of agroforestry systems for coffee. Uh, coffee is uh, a perennial crop that best is best grown in the shade. Uh, most of monoculture, monocrop farms now, they uh, expose the coffee trees to direct sunlight. And uh, that leaves them at risk of drought and uh, you know heat waves. Um, when they are, uh, coffee is grown in the shade, uh, the quality of those uh, cherries, the quality of those beans, is uh, much much higher, and it's also seen in the cup profile of coffee. Um, the second. The important thing, coffee is uh, uh, suffers from an insect called broca, uh, which is a small worm that eats the beans. And uh, in the agroforestry systems, the studies show that uh, the amount of beans that are affected by broca uh, is close to zero in comparison to you know the farms that are mono. Uh, monocrop where farmers need to use pesticides to fight broca. Uh, amount of fertilizer is reduced too, 
uh, because the biomass in the soil is uh, much higher. And over years, it, uh, the soil becomes richer rather than depletes. Um, and another thing is uh, the usage of water. So at the moment in monocrop farms, there should be irrigation, especially in the drop seasons. And it's difficult to, of course, not many farms have it. Coffee grows on the altitudes uh, uh, between uh, 1,000 and 2,500 meters above the sea level for Arabica and 600 to 1,500 for Basta. Uh, of course, it's difficult to arrange irrigation there. So the advantage of agroforestry in those areas is that um, soil keeps higher moisture levels for longer time. Um, so all in all, this uh, means that uh, you have a completely different system of farming. And uh, the system of farming uh, leads to lower carbon emissions and carbon saved in the soil as well. Um, so it's kind of a balance of several practices and several things that come together. Awesome. Yeah. I, I consider myself a carbon farmer, so I love what you're doing there. And uh, I love shade grown beans. So I was really excited to get you on and, and kind of like just dive deeper because we really um, love connecting the dots and and showing how blockchain and Web3 technology can you know implement some of these changes that we're really trying for. So um, when we were talking to Sev, uh, he told us about TIA the impact app. And we saw that Coffee Carbon Collective was going to be, you know, one of the first, you know, implementers. So um, love to know just a little bit more about like, what is happening on the ground with blockchain technology to kind of, you know, make this make this happen. I can say on the ground, it does not yet happen. <laughs> right, right. And I know it's still getting implemented. So kind of like, what's the what's the big picture that, that like, are, will it be a farmer with the impact app? that is showing proof of shade growing and then taking samples of the soil or like what, what's going on in the, in the big picture? Yeah. So uh, we are still doing the research, basically what's the best MRV uh, um, monitoring, reporting and verification system, or what's the best methodology to go for what farmers will be able to use in the field and what we have to, uh, you know, collect the data for to process it on our own. Um, so there are, just to give you an idea, um, it's very difficult to answer this question with one, <laughs> one answer because farmers are just really different. 85% of the market uh, is uh, smallholder coffee farmers. And very often these are pretty old gentlemen who's been growing coffee for all their lives. And technology is something what is not easy for them. Um, some some of them have children who are rather tech savvy and can use WhatsApp and Facebook and uh, uh, can communicate easily and uh, probably also use the data and use certain apps to um, to make the decisions. So it's uh, an important point 
for any web-free blockchain-based uh, uh, solution trying to create impact in the field, it's an important decision what target group to start with. And of course, there are younger tech-savvy farmers, but they don't yet represent the majority of the market, but they could be the ones who would be the perfect uh, early adopter group. And well, I think for us, that will be probably the case. Uh, these are also bigger farmers uh, in comparison to, you know, if we talk about smallholder, it's five, three, five hectares. They're more tech-savvy, younger farmers. They have bigger farms and run them as a business. It's maybe like 50, 100 hectares. So, yeah, they will be able to use technology to uh, lock in the data to do the soil test and to basically um, basically uh, see how much carbon is sequestered. Awesome. And then, and then the fact that it's all on the blockchain is what gives the the verification and, and allows that farmer to then potentially leverage that data or get compensated for a responsible, sustainable okay. agroforestry practice. Absolutely. So that's the most important thing that they have a possibility to get compensated for all the efforts that they are doing to you know, help us all fight climate change. Yep, that's amazing. And and I think this it's it's cool because there's kind of two ways they can get compensated, right? They can get compensated for proving uh their their carbon credits that they've sequestered and, and get credit for that essentially. And maybe that's in tokens or some kind of uh other kind of a stable coin or something. But then there's also the data that they're collecting, right? And that could also be valuable and that could be monetized too. And so there's kind mm -hmm. of different buckets that they're able to profit from. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, that's what, you know, my vision with uh, Coffee Carbon Collective, uh, it's not only about monetizing carbon, but it is about creating a different uh, economic system, meaning, or a different trading system. So now, uh, what goes into equation when coffee is traded? Quality, price, and volume. There is the environmental impact, right? <laughs> so adding environmental impact in the equation for the trade, you know, that the trading decisions are made in a different way. And that's the goal of Coffee Carbon Collective. And there are several ways to achieve it that we are going to test, you know, in the months to come. And that's that's essentially regenerative finance, right? That right, like build, building in sustainability into the model. Absolutely, absolutely. Because I think it's impossible to talk only about carbon when farmers uh, cannot sell their coffee. <laughs> like also for the for those people who finance the the switch or transition to regeneration, like in our case. For us, it's really important to ensure that farmers can uh, be sustainable afterwards. It's that they are able to sell their coffee at the better prices and that coffee is uh, uh, valued for, for its uh, quality, carbon neutral quality. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you go into 
a grocery store, you might see like the higher end coffees, right? And some of them are, you know, fair trade, which is more about labor practices, right? Um, but it'd be great to see a whole section that's carbon neutral and 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 that would end up becoming like the premium version and the you'd see that at at, at Whole Foods here in, in uh California. So um I I really liked the uh tweet storm you did on Twitter about impact NFTs. And I think you had some insightful observations here about NFT projects that are focused on different impact. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit more about that tweet storm and some of the insights and observations you made? Yeah, that was, uh, I think I wrote it maybe in February uh, this year. So it's been already a few, six months. Uh, But I do believe like most of those uh, ideas that I had, they are sort of coming (laughs) through. Um, What is important? Uh, here to mention the amount of an impact NFT projects is growing and they are becoming much more mature. So I also see that at, if at the beginning of a year, maybe last year, we've been talking about some general topics like, oh, we donate, you know, money for climate change projects, blah, blah, blah. Now it's always very, very specific. You know, you build the whole concept, the whole collection around certain topic. We save uh corals uh and the coral reefs okay this is our collection that looks uh you know that is about corals and we are very transparent about activities that we are going to do uh in order to uh support the ecosystem um impact uh nft collections uh become much more real also from the um, you know, they are connected to each other in the ecosystem. They work together, um, built on top of the current web free tools, um, build DAOs, build communities. Now we can see definitely that communities and DAOs are shaping and forming and uh, trying to get involved. And it's an amazing space. Yeah. Yeah, we couldn't agree more. And we, we love uh, being in the space, too. So one of the other things that you mentioned that I think is important is you said many projects in the refi space focus on bringing the natural assets on chain, whether those natural assets are carbon, corals, forests, animals. Those are all limited and limited. And then their value will be increasing as they become more and more finite in the upcoming years. And that's one of the investment theses. So can you give us um, some examples of that and, and how you're, what your thinking is on that? Uh, yeah, I think it always depends a little bit on the use case. But OK, let's come back to coffee. <laughs> the, um, you know, we have a certain amount of land where coffee can grow right now. And with the climate change, the amount of this land becomes smaller because climate change pushes coffee up the mountain. Uh, it cannot grow on the lower altitudes uh, anymore. It has to grow on higher altitudes. And this is, uh, we will just have a smaller amount of coffee traded on the market. So its value will grow. <laughs> Sorry, Cash. And, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, that will uh, be with most of the other natural assets. You know, 
I mean, it's not that we trade animals on the market, but the the value of those animals for the ecosystem will become even higher uh, if we have, you know, a smaller number of those animals in the certain areas uh, doing their work in the food supply uh, food chain, you know, as they did before. Um, the risks are becoming higher. That's another aspect, right? Because if we are taking the elements out of the chains, uh, we uh, have to understand that we cannot even, you know, predict the risks that uh, can become just enormous um, on on those, you know, ecosystems in those areas. Yeah. Yeah, this is kind of reminding me of our interview with Rex St. John on proof of elephant. And, you know, assigning an NFT to every elephant that's alive and, and you know, allowing that monetary value of, of tourism and elephants to kind of uh, more directly align. Um, just curiosity, uh, do you have any favorite impact NFT projects that our listeners should check out? Yeah, I think I like a lot the one that is working on corals because of a very clear... Uh, I've, I've, Again, I think I forgot the name, but I can we can post it later. I'm sure. Uh, I what I look at the impact NFT project is a very clear roadmap on how we will implement their impact activities, and this is what I'm checking first. You know, if I have a white paper, I'm like scrolling down to see the roadmap. <laughs> Tell me how, but actually how? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? I want to know, what are you doing? Do you have the right people to do this? And um, yeah, that's that's just really, really important. So now I also see that clearly uh, impact NFT projects are taking it seriously and actually think of a roadmap before we do the mint. <laughs> Thanks, God. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's good to hold hold uh, projects accountable. Um, mm-hmm. So, so what's kind of a day to day look like for you at Coffee Carbon Collective, and um, you know, mm-hmm. which what you spend your time on? Yeah, at the moment, I'm uh, mainly focusing on the interviews and uh, collecting the data to uh, build the models, um, not in the data science sense, but rather in the sense of modeling out the processes and resources and financial resources that are needed to transition monocrop coffee farms to agroforestry and how much time it takes. Uh, and that takes most of my, um, you know, most of my day basically contacting people, looking for farmers who have already done it, looking for farmers who are maybe at the beginning of the transition. And, uh, of course, also connecting to the uh, Web3 ecosystem, Orify ecosystem in particular, trying to understand how we all can work together. Uh, And uh, it's amazing. I think it's the community is really open and open for collaboration and uh, very easy to talk to and very easy to, uh, to make things together with. And uh, that's very refreshing. That's that's amazing. Mm. <laughs> there you go, folks. You heard it from the source. Refi is a fun community to work in. So come join us. Take the green yeah. pill. 
<laughs> so speaking of memes, uh, we believe memes are pretty important in communicating messages and getting the word out about different movements. So what kind of memes are you thinking about or have you have uh, been impactful to you when it comes to crypto or Web3 and refi? Oh, <laughs> I'm so much out of the meme thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, I uh, yeah, my uh, my friend actually, who is really heavy on meme thing, is making fun of me not knowing any memes. <laughs> I think we need to make a a car, car, coffin carby a carbon collected meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta we gotta work on that. That's that's our homework, listeners. Who can make the best coffee carbon collected meme, and we'll uh, we'll share that. You know, I can be a meme on my own because we can make a meme of me not knowing memes. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually pretty. That's good. That I like that one. <laughs> uh, Have you taken the green pill though? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> there you go. That's a meme. <laughs> yeah, you cannot. You cannot uh, hold on for a long time without a, long, uh, a, a green field, right? <laughs> That's true. So um, looking at the refi space in general, what kind of misconceptions or misunderstandings do you think people have about refi, whether in the space or people on the outside looking in? Uh, good question. So for me, refi space is still shaping and forming. Uh, and it consists of two types of people, uh, crypto and climate. <laughs> that uh, don't always speak uh, the same language, uh, I must say, but they are seriously making a huge effort uh, in order to unite and work together. So I don't think there is... Um, a misconception. I think what outsiders or audience of a refi space should do is to update themselves rather quite often about what's going on in the community in order to be up to date because the community is developing really, really fast and it grows and it also it gets a different quality of being very, very connected and uh, maybe developing a certain common language, you know, to, to, to unite. Um, so it's not about maybe being seen in a different or, yeah, different way from outside, but it's rather, you know, keeping the track of the things that are happening. And, uh, yeah, that, that would be my kind of understanding of, uh, of how maybe it looks. It looks from outside. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you made a really good point there. I think that's a fantastic insight is that, you know, the refi space is very, still very young and it moves so quickly and there's more and more talented people coming in the space and building great projects. I mean, it's impossible to to keep track of it at this point. And we try here on the Block Explorer to share the news and updates on different projects. But um I think you like you said, make it kind of a practice to to be involved and to be updated because we are kind of in this high growth uh, area right now of of uh, regenerative finance, and it's it's super exciting. But yeah, it's it's also kind of impossible to keep up. 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> and and with you know such a new space, you know what what do you feel like working in in refi? You know, is it? Uh, I, I assume it's pretty rewarding because you're you 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 seem like you love what you're doing. Yeah, I do love what I'm doing. Uh, I think uh, for me, I mean, you know, if refi space would not be there, I think I would be still doing what I'm doing, but it would be much harder for me to find the right people. And uh, it also would be much harder for me being, you know, kind of working on my own because I do have uh, a few collaborators whom I found in the refi community. Um, and yeah, I guess that is for me the, the value of it is just like doing things either in parallel or doing them together. Mm, yeah, and that's the the beauty. There's a lot of the the collaboration and community that blockchain can really you know allow to form. Yeah, yeah, and also on the personal side, I'm learning a lot about. So I'm meeting many many different people, and whom I would never meet uh, running my Web two company really, and uh, they bring very interesting perspectives um also philosophical and uh they also i see that many senior people went to refi because many senior senior let's say senior tech uh developers or uh serial entrepreneurs they went to refi understanding that uh, this particular combination actually uh, offers a good leverage to make a difference. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's exactly it. Is is, and we've heard that from um, other people in different ways. But that's kind of like the thesis of refi: is where can we put, you know, where in the space can we put our finger and create the most amount of leverage, right? And just put mm-hmm. if you only have so much energy and so many resources. How can you leverage all the technology that blockchain and Web3 are unlocking, all the coordination? And how can we find the spots of most impact and then put our energy there? And and it kind of reminds me of um, meditation almost, where it's like you're just trying to, you're not trying to force it, right? But where where is the, or I'm a a background is in yoga, right? Where is that that Mm -hmm. sweet spot in the pose, right? Where it's you're balancing, but you're not over-efforting, right? And there's that spot of like most change most impact so Mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense and i I love that um so zooming out a little bit what do you you know the 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 market's down Um, a lot of people are feeling kind of bummed out about their portfolios right now bear market crypto winter how do how does in your opinion has how how has that affected what you're seeing in the blockchain crypto world and and your work that's like another crypto winter you know it's like Great stuff is built in winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, my crypto also went the, through the floor like <laughs> anyone else's, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. It will bounce back. And in the meantime, we can focus on building things. That's my approach to, to the situation. <laughs> 
Yeah, we love that too. It's <laughs> it's it's uh, not a bear market. It's a it's a build market, is what yeah, some people exactly. are saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the end of the day, um, you know, I've been in the blockchain on and off or in and out since 2017, and uh, you know, there was also like in the 2018. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 18, 19, we saw another crypto winter, right? But what we got out of it is working products. You know, the products that created the base for Web3 and uh, the products that we now also like in the refi space, we are using or learning from how we were implemented. And uh, that with every winter, we will see a huge uh huge development on on the stuff that we can use and you know that's been built yeah it's beautiful i like it <laughs> yeah we like it too it's it's uh it's kind of like the phoenix right rises from the ashes and we kind of need the um the extra energy to kind of all the noise right kind of leaves and you can really focus on building and, and uh, the people mm-hmm. that really want to be here you know are here and uh, working hard and and that's that's awesome and we're inspired by that as well so uh what other kind of trends do you see coming forwards um besides the the market um you know in refi or in kind of the greater crypto space what, what's getting you excited or what are you looking forward mm-hmm. to in the next year or two uh, very good question. Um, so I want to see, or I, I'm sure I will see uh, uh, that impact DAOs growing in number and people will be uniting under certain topic. Uh, we will be pretty focused on, you know, aspects and uh, problems that we want to solve. That That is great. Um, I also see more, um, you know, the cake coming together in the refi space, uh, meaning the layers, who is doing which layer. Um, at the moment, I am uh, trying to understand, you know, the order of things, uh, who has which agreement, who works with who. Uh, what people plan, how they collaborate, and uh, I think it's still forming and storming. Uh, but soon we will see more clear layers. I mean, we see already with Tucan and Flow Carbon the place that they aim to take. The rest of the ecosystem is picking up. Um, I also think that we will see more impressive implementations, or I mean, in general, more implementations and bigger implementations. Uh, some of them will transition from Web2, because of course, MRV systems, they've been out there, created also in the traditional economy in the Web2, uh, but uh, the advantage of decentralized uh, MRV systems is uh, very clear, and I would assume that it's it's probably possible to 
you know, transition, let's say, if we talk about farmers, transition those farmers who are using Web2 MRV systems into Web3, um, because we will see the benefits. Um, I would assume that might already happen, though maybe we will need a bit more time, like one, one and a half years to see this happening. Um, more money will come to refi space, that's for sure. Uh, and not only money to build stuff, but also the money to regenerate. That's a big difference between the two, because yeah, there are grants available, there, are, there is ecosystem money available to build stuff, but not yet to regenerate, which is the saddest thing. You know, who pays the farmer in the end? Uh, but this will come uh, from different sources. And uh, I guess, yeah, we'll have a lot of fun putting it together. Yeah, uh, I, I like that. And uh, I, I like that you focus on the regeneration aspect. Um, you know, when we had Gregory Lindua on from Region Network, he was really he was really pushing back against quote unquote refi projects that don't actively regenerate. And, and if they're just doing the status quo, they're not, they're not sequestering carbon, then they're not refi. And so yeah. it's cool. It's really great to see that you you're in that same vision as well. Cool. Uh, the most important question that we forgot to ask though, is uh, what's your favorite coffee? Oh, you know, it's changing. I thought I am a Kenya girl. Kenya filtered girl, you know. <laughs> but um, recently I did yeah. a school grading course, which is basically becoming a coffee professional, coffee quality professional. And I discovered for myself uh, African coffees, uh, sorry, Asian coffees that have an absolutely unique profile. So I think for the time being, I'm Indonesian filtered. Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm. I usually do South American, and um, definitely a natural pulped guy, not a nice. washed. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that gives you a punch, you know. That makes the life just as interesting as possible. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, this has been a really incredible conversation. Um, you mentioned that you're putting on a refi gathering in Berlin. Um, mm -hmm. Can you just give us a little information on that and how our listeners can? Uh, learn more sure yeah it, it started uh, very spontaneously and grew very fast so now we have around uh, 65 people on the telegram chat where we you know connect uh, network uh, and uh, once a month uh, meet each other so i will be happy to uh, share the link or you can just uh, find on telegram um, berlin refi get in um meet us uh, every first wednesday of the month and um uh, yeah let's build amazing things together <laughs> awesome yeah are you uh by chance working with with uh rex because he put he helped put on the uh, refi summit um that just happened in seattle and when we had him on he said that he's just trying to get all the content out there to make it like an open source like like try to encourage and help every other people create refi summits uh not yet but uh also okay that is we need to talk to him for sure and uh 
generally DeFiDAO just launched uh, the program where they finance local events. Uh, so we are sort of connecting to them and uh, Daryl and John were already involved in our group. So we know about Berlin being a very big center in the ecosystem. So we kind of will put it all together. Happy to okay, cool. Yeah. Too. Mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds awesome. I can't wait to hear more about that. I love Berlin. So, you know, if you do organize a refi summit in Berlin, uh, let me know because I'll, I'll try to make sure I'm there. Cool. Will do. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today, Darina. We loved hearing about your projects and we can't wait to see your progress and we're happy to continue to support the work that you're doing. Thanks, guys. It was amazing talking to you and we see each other soon. <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave us a review. We'd like to give a big thank you to our friend Matthew Patrick Donner, who's responsible for the Block Explorer production, including our music, mixing, and editing. Thank you for exploring the world of blockchain with us. Crypto is changing the world. We're here to ensure that you're ready. Please subscribe to our podcast and do share this with any of your coffee fanatic friends and family. We look forward to sharing our next episode with you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.